Hey everyone, this is Isabella and I'm recording from the most unlikely place. Well, maybe you read the description and you already know, but right now I'm in the middle of the Pacific Ocean right off the coast of Santa Cruz. I've sandwiched myself right in between Cowles and Steamers Lane, which actually right now there's a surf competition happening, so I've got the best seat in the house. From where I am too, I can see probably about seven sea otters. And I just saw a little baby sea lion dive back under into the protection of the kelp forests. From the beach, you may not be able to see just what exactly is out here, but Santa Cruz's ocean ecosystem is an extremely unique ecological gem. Forests of long leafy seaweed or marine algae grow right off the coast and provide habitat for all types of marine life. Sea otters, waterfowl, sea urchins, sea stars, migrating whales, sea lions, and different species of fish. Today, I'm going to introduce to you some species you may see out here, what role they play in our ecosystem, and what researchers at UCSC are learning about our ocean environment. Just to note, I'll use the word kelp, seaweed, and ocean algae interchangeably. In the Monterey Bay, there are two dominant kelp species, Macrocystis periphera, or giant kelp, and Nereocystis lutkiana, or bull kelp. These two species often compete in the same zones. I do think, however, here in Central California is right where their habitats start to shift from one to the other. Scientists have observed a 95% decrease in the Northern California's area of kelp forests. This can be attributed to different environmental stressors that I'll talk about later. I also want to note that different kelp species can grow within different tidal zones. There are also three phyla that typically divide seaweed species, red algae, brown algae, and green algae. Needless to say, these ecosystems are incredibly diverse and intricate. I'll describe a little bit of what I can see of the kelp forests from where I am. I have a bird's eye view from here, so I can see right down, and it looks like I'm looking into a tree canopy. I can also see that kelp have these little bubbles called pneumatocysts attached to the blades or leaves of the kelp. These little bubbles are fun to pop when you're out here surfing, but they actually are hollow gas-filled bladders that keep the blades of the kelp close to the surface of the water to aid in photosynthesis. What I can't see are the root structures of kelp called holdfasts that anchor them to the ocean floor. Seasonal conditions greatly influence kelp growing patterns, which prefer low water motion and cold waters. In northern or central California, Winter storms break up kelp populations, so the combination of cold, nutrient-rich water upwelling in the spring, along with increased sun exposure, caused the kelp to really pop off this time of year in Santa Cruz. Seaweed tends to grow most rapidly from January until May, and is harvested in the springtime too. Yes, harvested. Recreational harvest of marine algae is permitted in California. There are restrictions around how much you can harvest, which species, and from what areas. You can follow a link in the description to read about these restrictions if you're interested in harvesting some for yourself. My research showed me that kelp does not grow and reproduce like most terrestrial plants, but their method of reproduction is similar to how ferns produce spores. They exhibit a pattern of reproduction called alternating generations, in which kelp reproduce either asexually or sexually, which each have their own ecological advantages. Now let's talk about what we're learning about the kelp forests through studies being done by UCSC researchers. Like I said, I can actually see a pod of sea otters right now, Anhydra lutris nereus. 
These little critters eat a lot of different crustaceans, most notably the purple sea urchins, Strongliocentritus purpuratus. I can't get too close because sea otters are an endangered and protected species. Commercial fishing and tanker traffic have threatened this species, along with infectious diseases and habitat loss. Sea otters are a keystone species in our area, so the growing absence of the species is having cascading effects on the entire community. The complicated relationships between sea otters, kelp, sea stars, and sea urchins was the topic of research done by UCSC grad student Joshua Smith in 2017. The story begins in 2013 when a mysterious disease appeared in sea star populations called sea star wasting syndrome, which wiped out a lot of the sea star populations along California's coast. Most notably in our area was the die-off of the sunflower sea stars, Pinsopodia helianthoides, which is a major predator of sea urchins. Sea urchins feed on pieces of kelp that fall from the stem and float into cracks and crevices where the urchins reside. But with the die-off of their predator, the sunflower sea star, sea urchins became active foragers and began to decimate areas of our kelp forests. Around 2014, our kelp forests also began struggling due to warmer ocean waters that were brought by climate change and the El Nino climate pattern. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, kelp populations fluctuate seasonally and are usually able to rebound when environmental conditions become favorable again for growth. But this time, our kelp forests did not bounce back. This combination of growing urchin populations, declining sunflower sea star populations, and declining kelp populations created urchin barrens throughout Northern California, patches where kelp forests once stood that are now completely overtaken by sea urchins. A good question to ask here is, if these areas have an abundant population of sea urchins, why aren't sea otter populations responding by feeding on them? This question, as Professor James Estes explains, was answered by examining sea otter foraging behaviors. Sea urchin barrens are void of kelp food for the sea urchins, meaning that these urchins lack any nutritional value for otters to feed on. Because of this, we are seeing a mosaic of patchy urchin barrens right next to healthy kelp forest environments maintained by sea otters. When you look at the entire situation, the overarching theme is a problem in biodiversity. As explained by UCSC professor Mark Carr, Southern California regions have been experiencing similar problems in declining kelp forests and sea star die-off, but there are other predators in their region that feed on urchins, such as the spiny lobster and California sheephead, to maintain the kelp forest ecosystems. In order for Northern California's kelp ecosystems to bounce back, something will have to change. An emergence of a sea urchin predator, maybe a disease to wipe out the sea urchin barrens, there's even been talk of human intervention by divers to remove urchins from the barrens to allow kelp spores to repopulate the ocean floor. Why do people care about the decline of kelp forests in the first place? I think there are a lot of reasons to give the situation consideration. Declining kelp forests will directly impact your life by influencing the quality and quantity of fish that will be available to you if you still eat fish after watching Sea Spiracy on Netflix. More than that, we enjoy existing within this natural environment where we can come to fish and surf and play. It makes us feel connected to nature, which can assist in maintaining good mental health. Kelp forests also do a great deal in providing ecosystem services by regulating carbon dioxide and oxygen levels in the surrounding water, which is an important balance to maintain for marine life. They also decrease ocean acidification and protect our coastline from erosion by reducing the size and speed of waves.
It's pretty amazing that all of this is happening right here in our town. We have such an amazing opportunity here in Santa Cruz to engage in a dialogue about conservation efforts and changes in our global ecology. We have an opportunity to engage in close observation of these problems and brainstorm what we can do to ameliorate the negative impacts of anthropogenic influences in our natural environment. So while I'm enjoying watching surfers catch their morning waves and watching sea otters have breakfast, I think it's just about time for me to paddle back in. So thanks for listening to SlugCast this week.